We head into the dog days of summer. While the gang's all back together again on this edition of the Seacoast Sports Forum, we took a bit of a break during summer. We'll call it summer summer recess. We got a lot to talk about. We got Sam Bruno along with the coach, Bill Taylor, on the telly. And uh, gentlemen, uh, since, since we last met, the biggest news locally was another Blue Hawk is a member of a major league team. Cody Morissette, Boston College Eagle and former Blue Hawk, is now a member of the Miami Marlins. And uh, Sam, tell us about it. We've been following Cody uh, certainly since, uh, you know, being a, a superlative three-sport athlete over in Blue Hawk land and doing such a great job, but opting to play baseball on a scholarship to Boston College and watching him progress over the last few years and uh, watching his rankings in by scouts go up and up and up. And it all came to fruition the other day uh, when he was picked by the Miami Marlins. So uh, heading south to hang out on South Beach with Hunter Long. Sure enough. <laughs> what a coincidence. He and Hunter on South Beach. That's kind of cool. And and I was saying to somebody the other day, what I hope, in a, well, it'll be next year at the earliest probably, we get some sort of a road trip down to Miami, uh, a Blue Hawk package, so that we go down and watch Hunter on one day and then get to check out Cody playing baseball in the next. That'd be a real cool road trip. Well, some of the affiliates with the Miami Marlins uh, have certainly uh, some interesting names. He could play for the Jupiter Hammerheads, uh, which is a double 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 A team, but also he could he could play for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimps. <laughs> <laughs> Where <Whoa>, a Jumbo Shrimp? <laughs> with a lot of cocktail sauce, please. I don't know. That really, uh, those are two unique, unique, unique team teams. Wow. Wow. I, I hope for his sake, he's not playing for either one of those for very long. and gets up to the big leagues. I, I have to admit, I, I'm not too savvy on, on, uh, the Miami Marlins, even though I'm a fantasy baseball player, I don't really keep too many tabs on them. Uh, I know they have a couple of key players, but second base is the question mark. And that's, I think where Cody will be playing. So, uh, you know, let's hope he can move through the ranks real fast. And uh, like I say, we can do a road trip, uh, a Saturday-Sunday road trip, catch a Saturday game with the Marlins and a Sunday game with the Miami Dolphins. Hey, that would be real cool. So one of the, somebody that's a, you know, a travel agent, think about that. It'll be probably next year. Next year. All right. So, uh, Coach, what are your, what's your take on what happened there? And also yeah, – you know, Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, first, congratulations to Cody and the entire Morissette family for uh, getting drafted uh, in the second round. Uh, but it kind of shows you the strength of the Blue Hawk baseball program uh, at that time because also getting drafted was Ben Maljuri, uh an outfielder. He will be, uh, if he signs, he will be with the Detroit Tigers and he gets signed out of uh, Northeastern. So congratulations to both those families and those players and uh and the coach kevin mcqueen it isn't often that you get to have right two members of your team get drafted by the major leagues in any form so congratulations yeah to the morissette family and uh kevin mcqueen you're right 
coach. That, that's a big accomplishment to have a couple of guys from uh, a championship team make it to the pros. And uh, since we're in baseball, what was your take, gentlemen, on the uh, midseason classic, the all-star game that just happened? Well, I think, uh, you know, the headliner was uh, Shohei Ohtani and, uh, you know, pitching and being the designated hitter. And, uh, you know, I I got a little bit tired of every every question to every player being, what do you think of Shohei Ohtani? Uh, I think that uh, was a little bit of slight on some of the other All-Stars. But uh, the Red Sox represented themselves well, except for J.D. Martinez. And, uh, you know, Matt Barnes got out of a big jam late in the game, which usually happens man. What about you, Coach? Well, you know what? I, I'm going to say this about Sherry Otani. Uh, he's a very humble, which you don't see often uh, in Major League ball players. but he took the blame when the Angel, he did six innings of shutout baseball the other night against Oakland. But the Angels lost without scoring a run. I forget the score. Uh, but he blamed the loss on himself because he wasn't able to go longer in the game, nor did he get and deliver a big hit. So, I mean, how often do you see All-Stars blame themselves for a loss that has happened? Mm, good point. Yeah, Coach, following up on that, he also took the $150,000 uh, payment that the players get, and he gave it to all the clubhouse people uh, as kind of a thank you for helping him uh, in his uh, big league debut. I want to move on to the other leagues, the other major leagues uh, that have completed their season. The NHL, Tampa Bay does it again, and, uh, takes Montreal out. Go ahead, Coach. Yeah, well, my take is uh, I was disappointed to see the Bruins lose in the second round. Uh, but in reading, you know, you, you read about all these players that have to undergo major operations, uh, like Charlie Coyle when the, when the season was over. And to some extent, that might explain what happened. Carlo with a concussion, uh, Kevin Miller. You know, he will just as recently retired. Those guys put them put themselves through a physical ringer mm -hmm. to try to compete in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's kind of an endurance test, really. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I was disappointed in that. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who the Bruins lose in the expansion draft because. The Seattle Kraken will be entering the league this coming year. So Tampa Bay was far and away the deepest team. Uh, the cap is going to be flat at $81 million, which was the same way it was for the past uh, two years, I believe, or for sure, last year. So Tampa Bay is losing some of their depth. So we'll see what happens next year, but the Bruins, the core of their team is getting older. I mean, Marshawn, Bergeron, mm -hmm. Rask, they've got to, uh, it's going to kind of be in a win now or whatever. Has anyone, has anyone heard what the format 
for the fall is going to be? Is it going to be the now that Canada seems to be opening up a little bit? Is it still going to be the Canadian division and these other divisions? I believe they're going back to the old divisions. So Tampa Bay will be back in. As it stands right now, their plan is to go to their original divisions. The Canada division will no longer happen. And what about the uh, NBA? Now, we just finished up the NBA season, and uh, Giannis was the MVP with 50 points. So uh, any take on that? We'll start with you, Sam. I, I, I think that he certainly has established himself now as, as, as the top player. Uh, is he better than the LeBron Durant uh, situation? I don't know yet, uh, but he certainly, uh, he certainly came through. After getting hurt in the early games, I thought, Maybe Phoenix has a shot, but uh, he, he certainly uh, deserved being the MVP of that season. A Milwaukee Bucks, 49 years, 49 years in between drinks of, out of the championship cup. And uh, I remember seeing the 49 years ago, seeing Lou Alcindor and Oscar Robertson playing. <laughs> That's how far back it's been. Yeah, I saw the uh, Lou Alcindor, who became or changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Oscar Robertson, the big O, take on the Celtics. And I'll be darned if I remember who was on. Well, I know John Havlicek, and I think that was a Don Nelson era. Uh, Red Counts, people like that were on that that team at the time. So, yeah, it, uh, it, was, it was good to see a team, a different team for a change, but I think uh, – uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of surprised me that the Lakers didn't get deep into it. Uh, the networks would have loved to have LeBron there, but it didn't work out. Oh, yeah. yeah. What yeah. do you think about the Brad Stevens move? Yeah, what about that, Coach? I'll, I'll let you take a, a first whack at that. You know, I guess in a way it's not surprising because the players from what I've read kind of were tuning out Stevens, which is a shame. Uh Maybe they will relate better to a younger uh, or a someone who has played in the NBA. Again, my frustration with watching the Celtics was just watching hero ball. And I just, I understand there are times when the shot clock is running down where you have to run in isolation and somebody's got to launch something. But it just seemed like too often the Celtics reverted to that type of basketball. And I don't know. I, basketball is supposed to be a team sport. You know, with the Milwaukee Bucks have won the championship without Chris Middleton, without True Holiday, P.J. Uh, Tucker, Connaughton off the bench, Brooke Lopez. I don't think they would have. Mm-hmm. Guys who were willing to uh, subjugate their stats so others could shine. I, I, I just, it's a team sport. I just think too often last year the Celtics resolved that to hear it over. I think the loss of Jalen Brown this year kind of sunk them. Um, you know, you couldn't just put it all on Jason Tatum to just score all the points every single night. And uh, Brown. Losing Brown was a real tough loss. If he comes back, and hopefully Brad Stevens is given the resources by the Celtics owners now to go out and get that third big player, because I, I truly believe the theory that you got to have three. You got to have three players to win a championship. Oh, yeah. 
And because uh, you can't, you can always, the teams are too good on defense. They can shut down two. They can't shut down three. So uh, they've got to go out and get a little bit of help. And, but I don't know who that's going to be. So, you know, who the big free agents are. I don't know if the Celtics are going to invest in it. Well, good question. But I think your, your, your point about the move to bring Brad into the uh, main seat, the driver's seat of the team and uh, bring in a new coach, that was a smart move. It, it, we, we all grew up the group of three here in the red Arback era and red was the dominant guy for all those years. But the mentality of the game changed towards the end of his time with the Celtics. And uh, it just, it, it's, it's a different mindset now. The, the, the whole thing I think is more, you know, money oriented, obviously. Uh, and, and you hit it on the head, Sam. I think a lot of these guys, they want to play with their friends. Um, uh, I, LeBron was on Jimmy Kimmel the other night and said he'd love to have Chris Paul on his team. And, 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 you know, he can't say it because it's, it's tampering, but it, it'll probably happen at some point, you know, they're, they're, they're close buddies. So at some point that'll happen. And the old days when a guy like Red Arbeck would wheel and deal to get a player to come on to the team, those are gone. I think it's the players are negotiating amongst themselves. Like, Hey, I'd like to go there. Would you like to go here? Yeah, I'll go here. You know, and that's, eh, you know, again, the, uh, the cart before the horse. So we'll see how Brad Stevens, I think uh, Danny Ainge's days were over because he, he was the old school. He was the red R back school and, and things have changed. Well, before we wrap up uh, the, the, the pros, uh, Summer sports, the Red Sox. Uh, your take, gentlemen, on um, the second half. What, what what are we going to expect? Will they continue to dominate in in the division? Will we be going to the World Series? What do you think, Sam? Well, I'll I'll start by the encouraging news from Portland uh, with Chris Sale, uh, first pitching from the mound uh, in the Sea Dog Stadium uh, recently, uh, three strong innings. Uh, six strikeouts against the Harrisburg Senators, uh, no runs, no hits, one walk, 98-mile-an-hour fastball. Sounds pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. Looks, like he'll get, looks like he'll get two more rehab starts before the end of the month. And uh, I, don't, I don't have the Red Sox schedule in front of me, but uh, I think we're going to see Chris Sale on the mound for the Red Sox during the first week of August which moves them into the driver's seat in the American League East. I think good things are going to happen this year. We talked about it with Dave O'Brien back a few weeks ago, way back at the beginning of the season. And uh, I think Alex Cora has made the difference. It really, he, he's, he's got that team playing all uh, in, in the same direction this year. So that's, uh, I think you're right. I think we're going to have a fun postseason. What about you, Coach? Well, you know, I think it's going to boil down to, I think the Sox can hit. I think it boils down to pitching. Like Sam said, the addition of Chris Sale should help. What, what you've got to remember is the Red Sox have been fortunate so far by not having injuries affect their pitching staff. Uh, you know, you've had, other than two starts by Tanner Houck, you have had the rotation pitch every game. Now, whether you're a Garrett Richards fan or not, or a Nick Pavetta fan, but they have come out and taken the ball every five days. Martin Perez, uh, Abaldi, and I'm 
I'm forgetting one. Erod. Yeah, that's right, Rodriguez. And he's been and, he's been the only disappointment at this point, in my opinion. Well, I think he is starting to find. You know, you got to remember he had COVID. Right. He didn't pitch last year. I think he's starting to get back into a groove. I hope. Uh, you know, but I think that's the key. If you can have major league pitching or pitchers pitch every game. Boy, that helps because the Sox are pretty good in the bullpen, and they can hit. I mean, they're not going to lose too many 1-0 games. Now, I think that is the problem for the Yankees. The Yankees, they're pitching. Yeah, they have Garrett Cole, but uh, the rest of them are kind of suspect. And they've been hit by injuries on the pitching staff, and they've been hit now with COVID and everything else. Uh, you know, and that's the thing that worries me the most about the Red Sox, and I think worries Alex Cora. They have not hit the 85% vaccination rate, and uh, if they lose a key member of the pitching staff because they have not chosen to get vaccinated, mm-hmm. that is going to really hurt. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's certainly a problem with the union that Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred can't mandate that everybody get vaccinated in baseball. Uh, right. The union is too strong and, and will push back on that. I'm going to throw a question at you, Sherm, okay. and, uh, and Sam, because Patriots training camp starts mm. right. in a couple of weeks. Cam Newton or Mac Jones, what do you think? I think the key for the Patriots is that Cam can stay around because the strength of the Patriots this year is going to be their defense. Their defense with Matthew Juden now and and you're getting the the people who are out on COVID back into the team. Um, I think the Patriots defense is going to be solid this year. So you're not going to have to score 30 points to win a game for the Patriots this year. I think that's going to be a key. Well, Cam, Cam has something to prove. He still has some gas in the tank and, and money in the bank. And uh, that's my, my take. He's going to come out slinging the ball. He'll be running the ball. We know that. Um, you're right, Sam. I don't think Belichick is going to say, okay, you know, I, I'm paying you just to be a backup for this kid. You're right. I think they're going to give Cam the first few games. If he stays healthy, he, he shows any semblance of his old self, he may he may actually wind up staying with us the whole season being the lead quarterback. Well, I think Cam Newton will start the first game. I don't think Belichick is the type of coach to put a rookie in right away. Yeah. Uh, but I think um, he's going to be watching the first three, four games. Fifth game, maybe, if the Patriots are two and three or, or two and four or three and four. I think it could be Mac Jones time. I think the Patriots or Bill Belichick has one thing in mind, get back to the Super Bowl, And the chances are he could face his old quarterback. And, and, and that would be, that would be the matchup. I think a lot of us here in New England would love to see and uh, see the outcome. So, you know, it'll give us something to, to root on and over the next few weeks. Uh, and, uh, it, uh, what about you coach? Would you like to see that? Well, matchup? I'm going to be, you know, I think, I agree with uh, a lot of what you both have said. Uh, I don't expect Matt Jones to start the season. 
I think the key to me, and you know, uh, what we don't, no one has mentioned, is they went out in free agency, not only and got some defensive players, but they got two premier tight ends, Hunter Henry and uh, uh, Janu Smith. And those guys can, they're tight ends, not wide receivers masquerading as a tight end. But they can do both. They Mm -hmm. can catch the ball, they're good in space, but they can block. And bringing back Trent Brown as an offensive tackle, that guy's low. I mean, he's 6'8", almost 400 pounds, and he can move. And if you remember, the Patriots won a Super Bowl running behind Trent Brown and company. Yeah. And uh, so I, I predict the Patriots are going to make the playoffs. Will they win? Will they get back to the Super Bowl? Who knows? But, boy, that would be a feather in their cap to get back to the playoffs after a dismal year last year. Training camp starts next week. Well, yeah. And another thing I was going to bring up, Sam, uh, you had some news about football, but on the high school level, throw that at us. Yes. um, NHIAA has released their high school sports schedules for the fall. So if you go to NHIAA.org, you can uh, take a look at what the schedules are. But uh, here's your first look at the Blue Hawks football schedule, and we'll run down the games for you. Season kicks off on September 3rd, and they will be at Bill Ball Stadium against last year's runner-up in Division One, Goffstown. So Goffstown's going to be a challenge for the Blue Hawks in the opening game of the season. The next week on a Friday night, they go on September 10th to Spalding. They're on the road the week after that on September 17th at Manchester Central. You always circle the Winnicunit game, and that's going to be on a Saturday, September 25th. The Warriors come to Bill Ball Stadium for a 1.30 kickoff. October 1st, Blue Hawks go to Manchester Memorial for a Friday night game. All the rest of the games are Friday night. October 8th, home against Dover. October 15th, home against Bedford. And then they finish up the season with two road games on October 22nd. They'll be in Portsmouth to take on the Clipper Cats. And on October 29th, they finish out the season by traveling to the capital city to take on the Concord Crimson Tide. Uh, Playoffs will be quarterfinals on November 6th, semifinals on November 13th. And the finals will be on November 20th, a Saturday, at a site to be determined. And there's also a caveat on the quarterfinals and semifinals that any of those games could be moved to a Friday night. So there's your 2021 Blue Hawk football schedule. What's your take on it, Coach? You're going to be doing the play-by-play for most of those games. Well, it sounds interesting. Uh, I certainly... That's quite a challenge coming out of the gates to, pay, to play uh, Goffstown. Uh, the Grizzlies, they are a good football program, and uh, they've been one of the powers in their division along with Bedford. So it will be interesting to see the Blue Hawks open up. That will be a very much a measuring stick game. Anything else on that uh, that uh, lineup that you you know, intrigued you, other than the Winnicott rivalry game? 
Well, the rivalry game will be interesting. You know, it will be interesting to see how the, you know, just to go back, this past year, no preseason games. They were thrown into the fire. Every game, you never knew if the season was going to continue or not. Uh, the Blue Hawks got progressively better, 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 better as the season went on. By the end of the season, they were playing the best football. That game at Dover where they knocked off. That was a wonderful game. Mm. Yes. And, you know, so you know the type of team they're capable of. Uh, it will be great to see them have a normal preseason. Again, virus conditions will always prevail. The virus has not been licked yet, right. folks, despite what everyone thinks. Uh you know, people need to get vaccinated. Amen. Amen. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of protocols are still in place. Right. When practices start. Right. And it will be interesting, you know, uh, as we get close to the beginning of the season to talk to uh, Jeff Collins of the NHIAA. He's been so gracious in giving us plenty of time right. uh, during this past year. I'm sure he is just hoping and praying for a normal season. Yeah, we we uh, we got lucky with the end of a lot of sports uh, at the very end of the school year, um, soccer and then lacrosse and uh, and and baseball. Uh, like you just said, Sam, uh, the protocols probably will be kept in place in some form. I'm sure a lot of teams, and Exeter being one of them, uh, will will keep it, be serious about it. And then uh, we can just hope that they have a normal season and, and play all those games. Um, anything you want to say about the schedule, Sam? Well, I think that the Blue Hawks are going to go up against uh, the iron. I think that that North division is going to be, it, it was tough the last few years and it's going to be tough this year. Um, you know, I looking at, looking at Spalding, Winnicunnet, Dover and Portsmouth, um, you know, I think I think that's a pretty good league. I think they're pretty pretty even. I think Dover came on strong last year, and uh, so I think uh, I think it's going to be a tough schedule this year for the Blue Box. And coach, I agree with you. And we're not we're not out of the woods on this uh, situation with COVID and and the variants and whatever. And we got to you know somehow people got to get to the point where they got to realize that, that they're doing it for everybody else, whether it's family members or people they work with or people they go to school with, they need to get the vaccination. And that's my right. two cents. I'll get off the soapbox there. Um, I wanted to move on to uh, the sports awards. Uh, just briefly, uh, the Seaco sports awards, some of the Exeter Blue Hawk players and one coach in particular, uh, Sam, do you want to do the honors to let us know uh, what went on? Sure. Just recapping some of the Exeter honors uh, again, the uh, high school sports awards for the Seacoast uh, that are run by uh, Seacoast media group, USA today, nationally. Uh, they get a, they do a nice job in highlighting local uh, athletes and making sure they get some recognition. Uh, but for the Blue Hawks, uh, certainly uh, congrats to Megan Young for being the uh, coach of the year. Uh, second straight Division One title. They have that uh, long winning streak going, which uh, when the season opens up for them uh, in late August, uh, we'll certainly be watching that closely. The girls soccer player of the year uh, is Ella Frazier of Exeter High. So congratulations uh, 
to Ella on that. We certainly want to uh, talk about Connor Holly. Connor Holly is the boys lacrosse player of the year um, and uh, recognized by the Seacoast Awards. Uh, Spencer Clark uh, has been named the football player of the year uh, for the Blue Hawks. Uh, and we mentioned that Ella Frazier is the uh, girls soccer player of the year. So congratulations to uh, those Blue Hawks. Uh, Jake Gibbons. Don't forget Jake. Oh yeah, Jake Gibbons. Sorry, Miss Jake Gibbons, basketball player of the year. Uh, Jake's looking at me right now online. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, certainly a good recognition by the Blue Hawks in that uh, regional sports awards program. And one other one from the Seacoast I want to throw in. Uh, he was the Gatorade baseball player of the year, Cam McDonald from Winterconnet High School, catcher for the uh, Warriors. And uh, I guess, the, uh, you know, that's one of those positions is a tough one. And, and if you get a good one, as we saw in the Major League Baseball draft, the first player drafted went to the Pittsburgh Pirates and was a catcher. So there you go. Coach, did you have anything uh, you'd like to add on that, that, that note? My congratulations to every athlete uh, in the Seacoast area that was nominated. Whether they received the award or not, being recognized as one of the top athletes in your sport uh, is quite an honor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Coach, you stay with me here because, uh, first off, I want to say, uh, in my opinion, one of the best shows that we've done here on the Seco Sports Forum, both as a TV show and as a podcast, you were fortunate enough to, to be the, the lead guy on uh, with NASCAR the uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway uh, executive director and vice president, David McGrath was your guest. And uh, you guys did a great job on that show. I want you to know, and uh, your take on what happened at the New Hampshire Motor Speedway with the uh, Foxwood 301. Well, my congratulations to NASCAR and especially to uh, David McGrath. Rain was against them. Darkness was against them, but they still managed to put on, Quite a show with a lot of passing for the lead. Eric Almarola in a Ford. Ford's finished one, three, four, five. So quite a, yeah, quite a weekend. Uh, showing for the Fords. And Eric Almarola qualified for the playoffs. And at the time, he was in 27th position in the standings. So that was quite a... Uh, it's really shaping up the apple cart. Well, the thing about NASCAR this or year, NASCAR. I was just going to say this year, uh, Coach, the NASCAR's had 13 different champions. And they got three more positions right. left going into the playoffs at this point. They're going to be going on a hiatus for a couple of weeks because of the Olympics. But before we go to the Olympics, again, want to just say congratulations to you and, and David McGrath uh, for a great interview on, on, uh, on the New Hampshire Motor Speedway. And thanks to Shannon. Stevens, who uh, set things up, and the folks at NASCAR. They were very cooperative with us this year, and we look forward to doing more with them in the future. Now, the Olympics. Everything is going to be on hold. Uh, on NBC, if you're watching any show, forget it for the next two weeks. If if COVID doesn't shut down the Olympics, that's the big thing. We've got a, a, a unique type of Olympics coming up where there will be no spectators because of the effects of COVID in Japan, and Tokyo in particular. Uh, Okay, first off, let's start with the Sam. What's your take on the Olympics? Are you interested in them? Are you going to be watching them? Is it must-see TV? Uh, and what's your take on what's happening with the COVID situation? Interested in a number of events. Um, interested in gymnastics. Interested in basketball. Um, interested in golf um, during the Olympics. 
On the other side, with it being in Tokyo, a lot of it's going to be on tape delay. Uh, if you want to get up at 7 a.m. and watch live, you'll probably be able to do it. Again, with the number of platforms and stations, everything's going to be on live at a certain time. But, um, you know, uh, fitting into your lifestyle, a lot of live events during prime time, 8 o'clock to midnight, uh, is just not going to happen. So uh, it's going to be a different way to watch what you want to watch if you don't want to know the results in advance. Okay. So that's going to be a challenge. That's going to be a challenge to plan your viewing. What, 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 what's your take on not having anybody in the stands? Like they're going to have an opening ceremony and basically nobody there. <laughs> well, I think you're going to have to do it. I, I don't think they have any choice. I mean, Tokyo can't delay again. I mean, they delayed once already. Um, you know, I think uh, for the economy of uh, that country, they better get this done and move on. Uh, it's just got to happen. I think one thing that I take from this is that we want to see the events and, and the athletes want to participate. That's the focus, the, the fall to all the, you know, the fireworks display and the torch lighting and all that, uh, you know, that they put on for TV. That's it. It's for TV, the actual events. That's what matters to the athletes. And, and I think overall, to, that's what the Olympics were about. I mean, going back to, way back before TV was even a factor. Coach, what's your take on it? You know, I'm going to, the events I'm interested in seeing are the ones that feature New Hampshire athletes, uh, which are track and field and uh, I believe it's a diving competition. We have a, a young lady from Dover. We have someone who now lives in Sanford, Maine, but now uh, used to run track at St. Thomas. Right. And we have uh, a woman from Vermont right. who, uh, yeah, who went to UNH mm-hmm. and has established herself on the national scale. So those are all track events and uh, a diving thing. And that's just for the local connection. And yeah. my heart goes out to the, I'm hoping the Olympics go on because of all the hard work and training these right. people have done right. to try to put on a peak performance. Because, I mean, I don't know if you're a track athlete, you could come back again in four years and reach that same peak, if you know what I'm saying. No, exactly. That's uh, a, that's, so that's so those are the events that I'm kind of interested in. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen them do more of, of, of a, especially in this situation and, and, and where it's in Tokyo, in a bubble situation, which I guess they are trying to. But uh, I don't understand how uh, Japan always seems to be a, a little you know, above the curve when it comes to the technology and whatever, why they're fighting the fact that they don't want to get uh, vaccinated. But uh, that should have been a concern with the Olympic Committee back, well, a month ago. Um, in consideration for the athletes, because you don't want to put them in jeopardy. I mean, we're talking the world in Tokyo. So we'll, I'm, I'm rooting for them all. Like you just mentioned, El Perrier, uh, any, any of the kids, any of the kids. It, it, that's what it's all about. We, we, another show I would just want to uh, say thanks again to uh, Bob Glowacki, our producer. We did a show about running. Uh, that was our latest show. And uh, as a matter of fact, we're on the podcast version of it. It's the hottest podcast we've had so far, Bob. Uh, he's behind the scenes here. And uh, it really uh, uh, it brought to mind the Olympics, El Perrier, uh, the, 
girl from the Blue Hawks, Jackie Gahan, who's out in Notre Dame now running for the Fighting Irish. You know, this is it's a personal best thing. That's what I like about Olympic sports. It's these guys are, are are doing it for their country, obviously, but it's a personal best. They're going after their own records and you know seeing if they can just take it by a, a notch. And uh, so it, I'm I'm in I'm in two weeks. I hope everything goes as planned smoothly. No no uh, no no curveballs thrown at anybody. I know, Sherm, I know that you're going to be glued to the um, skateboarding competition. No, see that, that, okay. You bring up a good point. <laughs> I knew this would get there, you going. There are some sports I don't understand why they're there. Okay, that's one of them. I think one of the things about Olympic basketball that people need to realize when they're watching Olympic basketball is that the rules of FIBA, F-I-B-A, yeah. are major differences than the NBA. No three-second rule. Right. No hand fouling, okay? You know, the, chit, the ticky-tacky fouls you see in the NBA, none of that. The three-point line is closer, and there's no goaltending. Yeah. So the American players who are out there have really got to get used to those rules, and uh, it could be a challenge for right. them. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Well, let's uh, let's go to the two-minute drill, gentlemen. What do we got on the uh, – we'll start with the coach. Coach, what do you got for a two-minute drill for us? Well, uh, you know, um, I think this is going to be an interesting summer for the rest of the summer with what with NASCAR gearing up for their playoffs, what with the Red Sox hopefully making the playoffs and they certainly have been one of the surprise teams in Major League Baseball. Patriots opening up training camp, and then we get to high school sports starting to kick off and, uh, you know, getting us back into the swing of things. Let's hope, fingers crossed, that the virus doesn't put a damper on any of those activities. Right, right. Yeah, right. And Sam, what about you? I'm going to split mine up. Is that okay? Hey, Al, you got you got your two minutes. How you want to use it? <laughs> first, first is the concept of NIL. If you haven't heard of NIL, NIL stands for Name, Image, and Likeness, and that's the new rule in the NCAA that players can profit from their name, image, right. and likeness, and that's now right. in effect. And what you're going to see happening is things like happening to the new Alabama quarterback, Bryce Young, who hasn't played a game for the Crimson Tide yet, replacing our buddy Mac Jones. Nick Saban reported today that young, young Mr. Young already has deals for name, image, and likeness over a million dollars already. And he's still playing for the Crimson Tide. So it's going to be interesting to see locally what players get deals, you know, that, uh, you know, hi, I play for XYZ University. Make sure you go down and uh, uh, go down to Joe's Pizza and uh, and uh, have a pie on me or something like that. So it's going to be interesting this fall to see what happens with NIL name, image and likeness. Second, I'm a big Alex Cora fan. I think he's the major difference in where the Red Sox are right now. And just he does the little things at the right times, which made sense. After some dismal games over the last 10, right after and before the All-Star break, just the other night, Cora goes up, jots down a new lineup, puts Kike Hernandez first, 
puts Jared Duran, the good-looking rookie, second. And then he shuffles his big three, puts Bogarts batting third, puts Devers batting fourth, puts Martinez down to fifth to get protected and give Martinez more chance to get RBIs. I never understood why Bogarts was not getting up in the first inning, and now he's getting up in the first inning. So uh, cats off the Alex Cora for making those kinds of moves, and we'll see that throughout the summer. I'll tell you what, I think you brought up uh, something that could be opening up the Pandora's box with that uh, uh, compensation for college players. We'll get into that in a future show. As a matter of fact, maybe we can get uh, Mike Murphy to join us on that one because I'd love to kick that around because I think – from uh, when that first was announced, I, I heard, you know, both sides and, and it could cause more problems than it's going to solve. And uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a future show. Must see TV is my two minute drill. Um, first off, if you, I bought a computer last year and they threw in, it was an Apple computer. So they threw in a year of Apple plus TV and I go, okay, great. I signed up. It's free. They didn't have much on there. They, the, I watched a, a Tom Hanks movie they had, and it was kind of cool. It was made for Apple. And they had another show with uh, Jennifer Aniston and uh, Reese Witherspoon. I watched that, something about the newsroom. That was okay. And there was another one they were trying to feature, and I just put it off the side. It was called Ted Lasso. And I and finally, out of boredom last year, I, I, I took it on. And I'll tell you, I streamed the episodes back to back. That is one Really great show, Ted Lasso. It's a, a fish out of water. Uh, uh, Jason Sudeikis is a football coach who's brought over to England to coach a soccer team. And I'm not going to go into the detail, but he's definitely a fish out of water. And, and he's a positive guy. He he reminds me of what's the character in The Simpsons, uh, The Next Door Neighbor, uh, Ned Flanagan. Yeah, yeah, diddly do. You know, he, he's got that same attitude. And uh, and and, and you got to watch. I won't spoil anything. It's it's a musty. Uh, season two is coming up soon on Apple TV. And as far as I'm concerned, I wish I had found it earlier. Uh, and it's one of the few things that Apple TV has going for it. So Ted Lasso, the second season. On behalf of Sam Bruno and the coach, Bill Taylor, this is Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seco Sports Forum. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell to get notified about new episodes of the Seco Sports Forum. Follow the Sports Forum team behind the scenes on our Facebook and Twitter pages. This is Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seco Sports Forum.